British Manufacturing Podcast, brought to you by MTD, MFG and Jefferson. Hello and welcome to the Great British Manufacturing Podcast. It's good to be back with you. Uh, my name is Richard Jordan and I'm joined by Stuart Whitehead. Hi, Stuart. Morning, Richard. Uh, good to be back with the podcast, even though, with all due respect, I'd much prefer to still be in Spain, Richard, but uh, looking forward to this morning's recording. <laughs> no worries. I know my place. Well, it's good <laughs> to have you back with us again, Stuart. Of course, the uh, Great British Manufacturing Podcast comes to you every week. We look at the positive manufacturing news from the UK, and it's brought to you courtesy of MTDMFG and Jefferson. Now we've got a lot of stories that we want to crack on with. We've also got an interview a little bit later on in the podcast with Darren Veal from the company Kenza, who are based down in Cornwall. But to start us off this week, Stuart, let's talk about Ibstock and some good news about a new factory they're building up in Yorkshire. Yes, Britain's largest brickmaker has announced plans to build a new 50 million factory in Nostal in West Yorkshire. UK's first automated bricks production facility is part of the launch of Ibstock Futures, a new business unit established to capture growth opportunities in new fast growth sectors of the UK construction market. The investment will significantly increase Ibstock's presence in the fast growing market for brick slip walling systems in the offsite and modular construction sectors. An initial investment of around £38 million, providing capacity to produce 30 million brick slips, um, with, and the fact is, is due to be commissioned in late 2023. The second phase of investment expected to be made shortly thereafter as additional capacity is required. It'll be built uh, at the um, within the existing footprint of Ibstock's Nostal facility, which operated as a brick factory until its closure in 2020. Um, planning application has been st- has started, and construction on site is expected to start in the first quarter of next year. Yeah, this is really good news, isn't it? Because obviously construction, so many other industries, so many other manufacturers will be getting business further on down the line. The fact that uh, Ibstock, as you say, the, the the biggest brick maker, this is, this is <laughs> sorry about the pun, but this is like the first brick in the wall, isn't it? Absolutely. And we've covered quite a few stories of, you know, off the way that the construction market is changing quite dramatically as well. We've covered a, a number of stories you know, during these podcasts about off-site and modular construction um, activities and investments. So this is to support um, really a, a new way of, of um, you know, n- new um, techniques w- within that sector. Hmm. OK, let's move on. Let's talk about Liberty. I've seen their name mentioned quite a few times in the news over the last few days, but let's focus on the fact that production is now getting back underway at uh, one of their sites, at least one of their sites. Yeah, this has been, without doubt, the, the most popular story this week. So Liberty Steel has resumed production at its South Yorkshire plant, which has been closed since the spring, and this follows a £50 million cash injection. The, the investment, which is part of a wider restructuring of Liberty's owner GFG Alliance's operations, safeguards well over seven, you know 600 jobs at the Yorkshire site. Operations at Rotherham, which produces sustainably produced steel for growth markets such as infrastructure and high-value engineering, are scheduled to run between 11pm and 6am, um, and this really is to mitigate the cost of energy. Um, Liberty Steel's speciality steel division in nearby Stocksbridge, which, which produces steel components for aerospace and energy applications, is also restarting um, focused production campaigns, and this is for key customers. So. 
yeah, it's good news. There's been a, as you say, there's been a lot covered about liberty the last few months in terms of the financing and so forth. And um, but hopefully, um, you know, there, there have been uh, some light at the end of that quite dark tunnel, really, Richard. Yeah, fingers crossed that this is uh, uh, the first piece of really good news and that there's lots more to come just around the corner. Now, on the uh, the, the, uh, the last podcast I did with Joe while you were, were sunning yourself on uh, on foreign shores, we uh, we spoke about, uh, in that thong, or was it the Mankini? Anyway, in the we spoke about JCB, which is one of the, the great British manufacturing names, and they're back in the news again this week. A, a major deal for green hydrogen. Yes, I mean, um, as we've covered on the previous podcast, and you might have covered it, I think you covered it last time, um, JCB announced it's investing £100 million in, in hydrogen engines to, to power machinery. And this week, the British Construction Equipment Manufacturers agreed a deal to buy billions of pounds of green hydrogen, defined as hydrogen produced using rene- renewable energy. The deal means JCB will take around 10% of the green hydrogen made by Australian firm FFI, FFI said the deal was a first of its kind partnership and would see it become the UK's largest supplier of the clean fuel production, which will be mostly done outside the UK, is expected to begin early next year. JCB and a firm called Rise Hydrogen, which I understand is, is owned by Joe Bamford, the, the uh, you know, heir to, to the JCB uh, um, business, would then distribute it in the UK. And yeah, as you know, Richard, hydrogen does not produce carbon emissions when it is burned, so it's considered a likely replacement for fossil fuels in heavy industries such as shipping and steel and cement making. Yeah, and of course, so much news about that over the past week with the uh, the COP26 meeting taking place in Glasgow, which uh, which continues, of course. One thing about the JCBs, uh, I've noticed that some of the, the new, literally greener JCBs, they, they don't have the uh, the famous yellow livery that we've come to expect and which you, you know, anytime you see a JCB, it's that yellow colour that you just know and all, all accept. Absolutely. And it's always, I mean, on some of the social media posts, we, we used that, um, like say the, the green livery and um, people did comment on it because it's, um, it's JCB, it's synonymous, synonymous with yellow, isn't it? Um, but, uh, yeah. and it's always, I know that they have produced some of the standard machinery in different colours, you know, for branding, uh, especially for the export market. Um, but uh, yeah, it's nice to, to see uh, a couple of different colours, but um, hopefully, uh, the vast majority of JCBs will continue to remain yellow. Yeah, right. Let's move on and talk about Mitsubishi Electric Air Conditioning, another big investment story, this time in Scotland. Yeah, the Japanese-owned manufacturer is investing £15.3 million in its Livingston manufacturing facility, and this is supported by a Scottish enterprise, and this will significantly increase its productivity, efficiency and R&D capabilities. The move is part of a drive to meet the increasing European and UK demand for its low-carbon heat pumps. And earlier this week at um, at COP26, as you just mentioned, which uh, kicked off in Glasgow, Mitsubishi uh, signed a a memorandum of understanding with Scottish Enterprise to formalise this alliance. This will enable the exploration of low-carbon heat pumps. um, Sorry, this will enable the um, establishment of a low-carbon heat pump centre of excellence in Scotland, as well as helping the company extend its Scottish supply chain and innovation partners. Um, And in total, the huge investment will safeguard and create almost 400 jobs. Brilliant. 
Right, heat pumps. That's uh, We're going to take a little pause now from the news because recently uh, I caught up with Darren Veal, who is the technical support and commissioning manager at uh, the company Kenza. They're based in uh, Cornwall and I spoke to him just uh, very recently. Kenza Heat Pumps, their technical support and commissioning manager is Darren Veal. Tell us a bit about Kenza Pumps. I understand you've been going for about 20 years now. Yeah. So Kenza started 21 years ago, um, believe it or not, in a garage. <laughs> um, the first heat pump, I think, um, was something like a four kilowatt heat pump. And it was literally handmade in a garage down in Cornwall. And you're based in Cornwall. We've done a couple of programmes about Cornwall and the fact that it's not just pasties and <laughs> tourists. It is quite an industrial hub and you're evidence of that. Yeah, I think um, Kenza is a prime example of a, a Cornish company that's it's British built products that people love. Um, we kind of advertise the, I don't personally think we advertise that they're Cornish and UK built enough. Um, it's one of the things people love in this country. They're picking up a heat pump and they're saying, oh, Kenza, where are you from? Are you from Germany? No, we're from Cornwall. And Kenza <laughs> actually means first in Cornish. So it's a, it's a Cornish word, Cornish manufactured heat pump that started off, like I said, in a garage and has slowly evolved into the number one manufacturer in the country. Right, well, tell us about some of the products that you actually do manufacture then. Yeah, so we, we do a range ranging from three kilowatt, which is the one on the shelf beside me, and right the way up to um, about 75 kilowatt. We do a three and six shoebox, which is the ones in this um, type of version, or the Evos, which is the latest bit of kit, all with touchscreen technology, super quiet, can be located in your kitchen or your you know, utility room, your garage, wherever you want to put one. It's so really good for retrofit, suit new builds, obviously being a ground source. Um, yeah, and the product range is just permanently evolving. So who do you sell to then? I mean, obviously you say that's three kilowatt, but you go up to much bigger sizes than that. Yeah, so most of the smaller range are like the domestic range, really, and it's like the domestic market, um, end users, new builds, self-builders. But what we're finding is a lot of um, a lot of the larger products, they up to sort of, say, 17 kilowatt, are going into um, cascaded sort of retrofit systems where you might have two or three heat pumps in doing a big manor house. You know, there's... They can literally go in anywhere. We do work with the RNLI. We heat all the RNLI boat stations just to keep those at a constant 15 degrees. Um, we work with social housing. So we do tower blocks with the shoebox. They can be retrofitted, uh, taking place of electric heating. You know, we'll put a wet system in. There's no maintenance required with these things. They're super quiet. Like I say, touchscreen controller designed to go in the property. And yeah, yeah. Let, let's finish then by looking forward 20 years. Where do you see the Kenza, where do you see the heat pump market then? In 20 years time, I'd like to think that we could put an ambient loop in um, that would absorb waste energy and waste heat from various places. And then we could tap into that with ground source heat pumps, delivering almost like a utility, a bit like your gas pipe that comes into your property. Um, you know, if you think gas installers, they turn up, they test the gas, check it's safe to fit a boiler, take the boiler out, put a new one in, test the gas again, and off they go. They don't actually do any of the design or any of the infrastructure work outside. That's already been done for them. The way Kenza see the future is that if we get that infrastructure in place with support from governments and local government and all these different technologies that can tap into that ambient loop, bringing it back to ambient, um, we see the future of 
it's like a what we call a fifth generation network of heating really that's Darren Veal. Interesting stuff. The technical support and commissioning manager at Cornwall-based Kenza Heat Pumps. Just a reminder before we get back to the news that uh, you can catch up with the podcast on all of the uh, usual podcast supplier uh, outlets. And also you can catch up with it at MTDMFG on the website and also on the app. Now back to the news, Stuart, and another great British name, Rolls-Royce, a new partnership. And this could be uh, really big news with thousands of jobs potentially being created down the line. Absolutely. So they've announced a new green tech partnership, which could lead to 1,000 new jobs and at least another 10,000 in related companies. The Derby-based engineering giant um, has announced plans this week at the Climate Change Conference in Glasgow. Uh, and it said it would help make it a leading innovator in climate-centered technologies. The business has established a partnership with the Qatar Foundation, a state-led not-for-profit group, which it said would create new jobs in two centers in the UK and, and Qatar. It said the UK center would be based in the north of England, but hasn't been more specific than that. Together, they hope to support the creation of five new tech unicorns by 2030 and 20 by 2040. For people less familiar, unicorns are businesses which quickly reach a value of a billion dollars or seven hundred and thirty million pounds uh, since you know from forming. Rolls Royce is expected to provide the engineering and high end manufacturing support. The Qatar Foundation will provide the resources needed to create the two new campuses, as well as ongoing financial support for further twenty years. Right, and our next story also concerns the north of England, Yorkshire, and Lontra building a new £17 million factory. Yeah, the high-value industrial machine manufacturers announced plans to, to build a new smart factory in Doncaster. South Yorkshire Mayoral um, Combined Authority will partner with Lontra to support the new factory by providing a grant and loan package totaling over £7 million through the South Yorkshire Renewal Fund, with approximately £10 million of private sector match funding um, by Lontra. The partnership will contribute to the region's growth, creating over 300 new jobs with more across the, the, the region's supply chain. Um, as, you know, operating Lontra's global export space through its energy-saving compressor machines. So some very good news for Yorkshire this week. Yeah, there's been a lot of good news about over the past week and uh, hopefully you've enjoyed hearing about it. Just before we uh, wrap up the podcast for another week, though, Stuart, we've got a, a number of quick updates that uh, we just want to run through quickly. Yeah, um, just picked five um, for, for, for this week. So British factory output grew for a 17th consecutive month in October. UK manufacturing PMI reading for the period was 57.8, well above the 50 mark that denotes growth. Unfortunately, this is a podcast, so you can't see it, but Norton has released images of its new um, superbike. It's unbelievable, Richard, if you've not seen it. Um, the flagship V4SV model will be built at the historic British Motorcycle Mark's new multi-million pound factory in Solihull, which is set to be officially open this month. Hellerman Titan, um, a true British manufacturing success story with sites in 37 countries and over 3,800 global employees, is investing £9 million to double the size of its factory in Plymouth. The cable specialist Hughes expansion is expected to create around 100 jobs. BA Systems has acquired a new factory in Barrow to support its submarine programs. Um, BAE was recently awarded an £85 million contract to develop the next generation of Royal Navy submarines, which will eventually replace the astute class fleet. And finally, back to uh, Japan and inward investment, Kawasaki um, Precision Machinery is applied to JCB, John Deere and Caterpillar. 
is ramping up production and creating dozens of new jobs at its factory in Plymouth to meet the increasing global demand for its hydraulic pumps and motors. Brilliant. Some cracking stories once again. Thank you very much indeed. And thank you to our guest, Darren Veal, the Technical Support and Commissioning Manager at Kenza Heat Pumps. That's just about it from Stuart and myself. Good to talk to you as ever, Stuart. Enjoy yourself and um, we'll be back with another great British manufacturing podcast sometime next week. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks for listening to the Great British Manufacturing Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and a review. You can find us on Twitter using at MTDMFG and at Jefferson underscore MFG.